0: Welcome to the Scoby podcast, we'll be bringing you the latest news from SCOVI, our members and from around the vision sector. I'm Carolyn Scott. And I'm Maggie Chapman. Coming up on today's programme, we will be taking a look back at the cross-party group on visual impairment, which met earlier this month and have exclusive interviews from that event with Minister Jamie Hepburn and Karin Said, one of the panel speakers at the CPG.
1: We have a special report from the Blind Match Racing World Championships at Roo.
0: We explore the new looks of RNIB and Fife Society for the Blind. We'll give you a brief
1: rundown of what happened at a recent parliamentary reception that highlighted the work of DeafBlind
0: Scotland. So do stay tuned for all of that and more coming up on the SCOBY Podcasts. The Cross Party
1: Group on Visual Impairment took place on the 11th of September and featured a really interesting panel discussion on employment and mental health among those with visual impairments.
0: Dr Mary Thurston, a senior lecturer in Abertay University's Department of Mental Health Nursing and Counselling, opened things up and spoke of the link between vision impairment and poor mental health, touching on issues surrounding diagnosis and screening, and the very specific journey that many people who lose their sight go through in what she referred to as the process of coming out as a blind person.
1: Amanda Hawkins from RNIB's Need to Talk project is a specialist lead in emotional support. She discussed the significant increase in the numbers of people with sight impairment engaging with counselling services. There are various digital solutions to tackle isolation and she's taking forward work funded by the European Union with rural communities. If anyone wants to contribute to this work, Amanda can be contacted by email at amanda.hawkins at rnib.com dot
0: cpg member corinne saeed spoke of her own very personal experience of losing her sight and the subsequent challenges that she now faces and i think everyone in the room was really drawn in and affected by mm. what corinne had to say and we managed to catch up with corinne after the cpg so we could bring you all just a little taster of what she was saying there Karen, thank you very much for joining us on the SCOBY podcast. Um, you spoke very passionately today at the CPG about your experiences. Um, you... When talking about access to employment you said that you are a wasted bit of talent that you want to work do you think that this opinion that you have that you there is lost on the general public that they make assumptions about what you're capable of purely on the basis that you have a, a vision impairment
2: definitely I think so I mean I think one of the, the issues that happens is that people are terrified to ask what you can and what you can't do so it's kind of like they, they don't know how to tackle that and they don't realize that actually there's a lot of stuff that we can do I mean as I say I'm kind of multi-skilled so I'm a, a disability consultant I'm a trainer and I'm a performer and it's like so there's lots of different things I could tap into and there's lots of different organizations I could work with um but I think the biggest thing that happens is people see you when they walk through the door either the cane the dog Or they actually see that you're not actually absolutely looking at them straight away. And that that is the immediacy what terrifies them. Before you even get to the, I can do a job, I can do this, I can do that. It's the, how on earth do I tackle and communicate? And actually people forget... 80% 80% sometimes, you know, although we have uh, visual recognition of looking into people's eyes and stuff, actually a lot of it is also finding out about people. And we've kind of lost that talent somehow. And we've stopped talking and we've started to kind of think, oh, that instant look and that's it. And mm. I think people forget to look at the depth of what people have in, in terms of experience.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do you think society needs to know to try and change those perceptions of vision impaired, visually impaired people?
2: I think the first is stop being terrified. (laughs) It's really simple. Um, I think the second thing that people need to do is actually compare what they require with what the talent is and listen and actually compare the job with what they actually need. And people use all this kind of complex language that they want people to be multi-skilled and co- good communication skills and good written and then they think written and verbal means like handwriting in their heads but actually no it's computer skills verbal well um, vision paired people we can talk a lot um in terms of uh, our knowledge or actual psychological awareness of how people interact and communicate with each other and that uh, knowing that we can retain information quite well, we get, there's a lot of stuff, and not just like the simple stuff. Because actually, we we can do a lot of things, and and, that, and then there's all that sort of hands-on technical stuff that quite a lot of people can do as well. And and people kind of lose all of that, and they. So I think first of all, stop being scared. Secondly, actually look at what the job needs, and then look at what the person is, and d- don't actually go for the obvious candidates. People always look for people that they're comfortable with, actually get out of your comfort zone and start moving into people that aren't in that comfort zone but could probably bring a lot more interesting talent into your organisation. Mm-hmm. Variety is the space of life, I think. Absolutely.
0: Corinne, thank you very much for joining us on the Scorby Podcasts.
2: The panel was joined by the Scottish Government
1: Minister for Business, Fair Work and Skills, Jamie Hepburn. And after the CPG, RNIB's Ian Brown interviewed him. And we can have a wee listen to that now too.
3: Minister, um, we heard some very moving presentations at the cross-party group we've just left on visual impairment. Can I ask you, is there something that particularly struck you from the presentations we heard this afternoon?
4: Well, I think what we heard is that there is some excellent support out there, um, particularly from the RNIB. That was set out very clearly. It was certainly from Kieran's experience, uh, incidentally, a very difficult thing for anyone to do to talk about their own experience and. In such a way so it was uh, all credit to her that she was willing to do so but her experience told of uh, one that yes she could eventually get the support she required but the journey uh, to do so was far too complicated so was a reminder as a society we still some way to go to making sure that we can have as smooth uh, a transition and as clean a, a cleaner pathway into getting the support a person with visual impairment or sight loss uh, requires that that in, in place properly
3: One of the main perceptions we know is employer misperceptions about what people with sight loss can and can't do. Is there any way you think we can somehow help overcome that, educate employers more?
4: Well, I think that's the very word. It is about education. It's about uh, ensuring that where there are uh, misconceptions, misunderstandings, that we we seek to engage employers uh, and uh, explain why they are uh, misfounded. you know, I'll speak to employers and they will tell you that they want to do the right thing. They want to be involved in ensuring that they have a diverse workforce. And ultimately, that's good for any employer to have that diverse workforce. Sometimes, though, there are those lingering misperceptions and what we need to do is engage with employers so that they they can understand why they are misplaced.
3: Scottish sure? Government now has more discretion over training programs for people unemployed, people looking for work, including people with various disabilities. Can we somehow make the training programs in Scotland a bit better attuned to the needs of people with loss and other disabilities?
4: Well, one of the things we've done now is taking advantage of having uh, statutory responsibility for what had been DWP employment programs. We've now got our uh, distinctively Scottish devolved employment program, Fair Start Scotland, uh, up and running. That's operating in a, a, a number of ways uh, very differently from what went before. Uh, prime amongst them uh, being uh, that uh, no one is compelled to take part in an employment programme uh, by comparison to that which went before. Some of the DWP programmes compelled people to take uh, part. But I recognise we need to, it needs to be much more than that to, to be as uh, cohesive and effective uh, a programme for people around their individual uh, needs. And that's at its heart of Fair Start Scotland, is to ensure that each person who requires assistance is treated as an individual in recognition of the fact that no one person has the same barriers as the next person, no one person has the the same challenges as the next person, and indeed people might face a multiple range of barriers to getting into employment. So one of the things we heard very clearly there was making sure that uh, services can engage uh, people on a, a face-to-face basis actually interacting with people so that again is writ uh, through in uh, first Stars gone of Scotland, uh, A person needs that face-to-face engagement, then they will have it. And if they uh, require it, then it has to be in a setting that's familiar to them, that is is convenient for them. They don't then have to travel to the service. The service will travel to them. So I think people with uh, sight loss can benefit by that. But indeed, I think everyone participating in Fair Start Scotland can benefit by the approach we're taking. Thank you very much.
5: Pleasure.
0: That was Ian Brown speaking to Jamie Hepburn there. And a huge thank you to Katrina and Ian from RNIB for organising those interviews. And we have more
1: little audio reports throughout the rest of today's show. It's been quite a hectic and action-packed month. Next up, Carolyn. You went along to the Blind Match Racing World Championships at the beginning of, of the month, and you've prepared a wee audio report for us.
0: Yes, and for anyone who missed last month's podcast, just to summarise the Blind Match Racing World Championships. I'm not going to delve into the Wikipedia article like I did last month, Maggie. Don't worry. <laughs> it's a uh, sailing event where competitors go head to head around an audio marked course, and I was lucky enough to be invited along by the team at the Fourth Valley Century Centre. I had a really fantastic day. It was it was a gorgeous day for it. And we can have a wee listen to that now. Match racing is regarded as the pinnacle of competitive sailing. And for the first time ever, the Blind Match Racing World Championships are being hosted in the UK, on the incredibly scenic west coast of Scotland at the Royal Northern and Clyde Yacht Club in Rue near Helensborough. I've joined the gang from the Forth Valley Century Centre to hit the water and find out what it's all about. Well, we've just arrived and there's a small issue you wouldn't usually complain about in Scotland. It's not very windy. So while we wait on the wind to pick up, we're going to head out on a couple of boats to sail out into the harbour where the racecourse is. Life jackets on and we're off to sea. It wasn't too long before Fourth Valley Sensory Centre's chef, David Black, took the helm. David lost all of his sight to Retinitis pigmentosa, but he wasn't too reluctant to have a go.
3: A little okay. knot here. That that means the wheel is at the top and you're heading straight. Yeah. So when you if you move it to the left, obviously oh, that I knot. Oh, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're just heading straight at the moment.
6: All right.
7: Probably a bad idea to be this. No.
0: no. no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> With the wind now strong enough for the racing to begin, we move closer to the race course and try to make sense of all of the different sounds we can hear coming from the acoustic the boys. They're
2: going to go to.
7: Nice. Bit, yeah. so, what's
0: Thankfully, our skippers are on hands to answer all of our questions and tell us more about the noises we're hearing. Uh,
3: that's, I think that's on board either the umpire or one of the boats. The, the noises are on the start mark, so there's a different sound on each side, and so um, the sailors can tell whether it's on their left or their right. Uh, and once they pass the start start mark they switch those off
0: The racing would continue for the rest of the afternoon but it was time for us to head back to dry land where we caught up with David Whittem, the Commodore of the Royal Northern and Clyde Yacht Club David, thank you very much for your time today and for accommodating all of us here today to have a fantastic day out on the water watching the Blind Match Racing World Championships Now, there are a lot of technicalities to what we've been watching today that we're just looking for you to clear up for us. So how exactly does this race happen? How does it work with all of the, the noises coming from the beacons and the markers?
8: OK, well, for somebody who's sighted it seems to me very confusing, but those that sail the boats, um, they learn about the noises. So each, at the, at the beginning of the race, there are two marker boys. They make two different sounds. At the beginning of the race the two boats that are racing against each other have to go through th- that line between the two marker boys and then they make their way up into wind to another marker boy which makes a different noise. Now the difficulty going up into wind is that you have to zigzag, you have to tack backwards and forwards to make your way to get there and then when you do get to that marker boy you have to go round it in a particular direction. Once you've done that, they the... Uh, the committee boat turns off the noise that the windward mark has been making and turns on one of the beacons back down at the start line. Down to there, round and about that one, back up to the windward mark, back down to finish, and hopefully win the race.
0: And using sound primarily to to navigate the course?
8: Absolutely, yes. Sound is absolutely uh, essential. And uh, because the helm on each boat is blind Mm -hmm. and the other two crew members on the boat are partially sighted to some extent so uh, they have to use sound to navigate by and they also have to have a sound on their boat and on the other boat to tell them where the other boat is and which direction it's sailing because the rules of the road or on the sea uh, mean that if a boat is pointing in a particular direction then they have to either hold their course or give way.
0: Excellent, thank you very much for joining us on the Scobie Podcasts
8: That's absolutely my pleasure, it's been a great day, thank you
0: And once safely back on board the minibus we pass the microphone round to hear how others had enjoyed the day Hello, Jeanette Scott here Just been to the World Championships
7: for the visual impaired sailing Brenda, thank you very much for organising the events What do you think we have? How we have done today and have you enjoyed yourself? I thoroughly enjoyed myself. It was um, excellent weather, um, lovely conditions, uh, very interesting um, hearing how the sailors sailed around uh, the boys. So very interesting, well worthwhile coming to. Thank you, Brenda. <laughs> da- David Black. Hi. What What would you say was your favourite? Time uh, this morning uh, spent on board
9: the boat. Oh, I'm just saying it was awesome. That's as far as I'm going I
7: really
8: enjoyed it,
7: it was
9: brilliant. Steering the boat when you can't see, that was brilliant.
7: Surviving David Sutherland steering the boat when you can't see, that was brilliant, I know. I thought you said you were only going to see one more t- I did,
5: but it, it, it was just too good. <laughs> I've had a fantastic day and i really enjoyed myself. It's great to get away from the club for a wee while. I've really enjoyed myself. Thank you. I enjoyed
9: myself. It was nice and relaxing out in the boat and I would like to stay out there all day.
7: Gordon.
8: It had a fantastic day. A great experience. Thanks to Brenda, we would never have seen this. Uh,
7: Jeanette Scott, um, I've been sailing before. Um, not seen any sailing lists regarding championships very interested in the bells and the different sounds that were made regarding the boys and have a very enjoyable day um, Steven's just said he enjoyed sitting on the boat being nice and peaceful with all the engines off and just the sails OK microphone forward Jackie would you like to say a few yeah, what a, what a great day out, something really, really different and a great opportunity to get out there on the water and so good to see David Black and David Sutherland at the helm of our boat and we survived to tell the tale. Over to you, Carolyn.
0: And can we just have a big cheer? Who would like to go sailing again? Yes! Excellent. It was a fantastic day and I, for one, would love to head back out onto the water, but alas, for now, it's back to the office. A huge thank you to Jackie and Brenda and all of the team at the Forth Valley Sensory Centre for organising that trip and for inviting me along for the day and to the wonderful skippers from the Royal Northern and Clyde Yacht Club for their time and their boats. They were a wonderful and incredibly friendly bunch. Sounds like you all had a fantastic time. I think there should be more sailing events, definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this month, two SCOBY members have launched a fresh new look and one a new identity altogether. Fife Society for the Blind is now Seascape, that's spelt S-E-E, scape. They have a new logo, the words C and scape in orange and blue with a small blue eye figure in front of them.
0: We went along to the launch of the new brand at the beginning of the month. It was an incredible event, a brilliant turnout with volunteers and centre users. And as is the theme of this month's <laughs> podcast, we've got a special audio report from that event too, which we can have a little listen to. We have just arrived in a quite sunny Krikodi on a Monday morning at the Fife Society for the Blind Centre, but it will not be known as that in an hour's time, will it, Maggie? Have you been able to find out anything about this name, James? No, I haven't. Carl, their chief exec, has been keeping things very, very quiet, but I'm sure, I'm sure whatever it is, it'll be good. Well, there are many, many people swarming into the building now, and there's a great turnout, and we're going to venture in ourselves. I can see a table with some juice and refreshments. Let's head over there. Yes, let's do that. It is an absolutely fantastic turnout, and I might have just landed Maggie in it a little bit, because I mentioned to Carl that she happens to have her fiddle in the car. So Maggie is now welcoming all of the guests to the centre with some lovely traditional tunes. Standing in front of a large curtain, hiding the new branding in a rather teasing way, chairperson Jackie Lowe introduces Fife's Lord Provost Jim Leishman, who will unveil the brand new look.
6: So why are we here today? Why are we all gathered here? Well, after 150 years under the name of Fife Society for the Blind, we're going to go forward, hopefully for another 150 years, although I think I'm definitely not going to be here to see that. Um, And we're going to go with a new name. There is a lot to a name and did you know that Google was originally called Backrub or that Yahoo was called Jerry's Guide to the World Wide Web and that even Pepsi Cola started out as Brad's drink. Sometimes a name can hold you back and sometimes it can catapult you forward because it captures the imagination and more accurately sums you up as an organisation. So that's why we felt it was time for a change. So today, Fife Society for the Blind becomes Seascape, a more contemporary name for a reinvigorated organisation that's ambitious for its clients and the services we provide. We're about seeing the landscape of needs of people with a sight impairment. We're about providing a sense of freedom through independence and empowerment and expanding horizons for those living with sight loss. It's optimistic and it's energetic, like us. You <coughs> too. <Beauty. coughs> and I do hope you agree. And I'd now like to invite Jim Leishman to reveal the new name and say a few words. Well,
3: I'll say a few first. That's fine. Can I say thanks very much, Jackie? And it's uh, a pleasure being here. It's a great pleasure being on my friend, uh, former Prime Minister Gordon Brown I didn't know Gordon was coming today but it's so nice to see him because you always get five minutes outside talking about wraiths overs and, 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 and now I just found out that Jack is a chairperson of Patrick Pissot as well we play them a week on Friday and I'm, I'm just assured that she's not going to get a very nice welcome but congratulations Jackie and, and Carl uh, Chief Executive and, and to all your staff it's really been interesting just even ten minutes before coming in and talking to some people that are involved with the, the visual air it gives me great pleasure today to unveil and show you now the, the new name Seascape. Absolutely great. C S-E-E. And uh, I think that's great. And you'll really be impressed uh, with I the hope case. so. I <laughs> hope so. Um, uh, also, um, so we'll do this, Charlie. Yes, go right. for it. Hopefully you're ready. And let's hope it's it works. Huh? Okay. yeah,
6: yeah. So,
0: Standing unveiled in a bright blue and orange colour scheme, we caught up with Carl Hudson, the Seascape chief executive and a Scovy trustee. Carl, thank you for joining us on the Scobie podcast once again. Um, it's been a fantastic turnout here today. There are still a room crammed full of people networking, making the most of the, the cakes and sandwiches that have been put on. So what does it mean to you to see such an incredible support coming out today to, for the new, new branding and name launch?
9: It's great. I've uh, really been pleased with everything that uh, has happened today and the, the new branding. Um, we really are making a fresh start and a relaunch of... Uh, of the society and and I'm beginning really to to bring it into the 21st century uh, to see so many people so many volunteers and, and all the staff here together etc and it's been really good uh, our feeling was to have the initial launch with our friends and volunteers and the staff and, and you know people that are really close to home so it's really nice to have them all here enjoying the day and uh, the, the feedback on the on the logo and the name has been really good
0: Great. And it must mean a lot to the volunteers and to the people that come and work in the centre to see the support that the centre gets as well.
9: Yeah, it's a real boost for the staff, especially because they they do put a lot into into their working day here. It's not it's not just about the job; it's a, it's a vocation for them really. And uh, to have the volunteers come in and and uh, the, the dignitaries that we had as well, the golden brown and. Uh, and Jim Leishman coming along to to support us uh, really gives the staff a boost, so it's, it's really good.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much, Carol. Yeah. Former Prime Minister Gordon Brown has a close connection to the centre here, as he mentioned when he addressed the crowd, and we caught up with him shortly after. Gordon, thank you for joining us on the SCOBY podcast. Now, you spoke of your personal um, affinity and relationship with what was Fife Society for the Blind, now Seascape. So you have then seen firsthand the change that an organisation like this can make in the community?
3: Well, Fife Society's been going for 150 years. I've seen some of it, only the last uh, 50 years. My father was on the board of Fife Society for 60 years ago in the 1950s, and... uh, I've been honorary president and privileged to be so. And I know from actually suffering for sight impairment myself and um, uh, having lost the sight of one eye, uh, how much the services matter. I know that 2,000 people benefit in Fife. I know that there's scope for another 2,000 who are visually impaired who don't have these services to benefit from Fife society as well. And I know that the new technology that's now available because I've been uh, studying it is so good uh, that the old days of... uh, Visually impaired people feeling isolated could, could be over uh, by using all the new technology and services that are available. So Fife Society, now Seascape, wants to get to everybody, wants to make their life better, wants people who know the services that are available to use them and wants to show that they can make a real difference to people's lives. And I know they will.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Gordon. Cheers. Okay. Former Prime Minister Gordon Brown there. And last but certainly not least, we grabbed the word with Seascape chairperson Jackie Lowe. Jackie, thank you for joining us on the Scoby Podcast. And you had some great, funny chat in your speech there about brands and what they used to be and how they can become something much stronger. So to you, Seascape, what is now the the future? Is this going to reinvigorate what was Fife Society going forward?
6: I think it will, but it's also about capturing what we are, not what people think we are. And I think we've been Fife Society for the blind so long, you almost become wallpaper and with a new name that actually represents not just the words but the image represents what we are which is about sight and about the landscape and about improving quality of life I think the name now
0: reflects us rather than it being
6: a name that we aspire to
0: And with the strength that Fife it had as an organisation you've got a huge turnout here Do you think it's going to be a nice easy transition to bring Seascape in? I think it's going to be a fun transition because I'm
6: sure there are going to be lots of times you have to explain it to people. But I think it will allow people who don't know who we are to see us literally for the first time. And that can be only good. We've got 2,000 people in Fife that we are not currently reaching that we know we can help. And if this is the way to reach a certain number of those, then fantastic.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us on the Scobie podcast and all the best for Seascape. Thank you very much. A successful day all round, and with the fiddle packed away, that's it for this Scovy adventure. But not before we go sample some of the canopies I can smell.
1: And somehow the team at Seascape also persuaded us both to take part in a sponsored abseil off the 4th Rail Bridge in a few weeks' time.
0: Yeah, I don't think we really took that much persuading to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) We're quite excited about it. But do look out for us live streaming that on the SCOVY Facebook page and that's on Sunday the 21st of October. And if you're in the South Queensferry area, you may well hear our screams. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes.
1: RNIB RNIB has also launched its new look this month with new logos and the strap line, See Differently. It's a minimalist logo with the words RNIB Scotland in a modern font, a pink line and See Differently written underneath. Alongside this new brand identity, RNIB has released a video campaign encouraging people to look beyond sight loss and see the person.
0: And here's a wee taster of those adverts now, and to provide a short description, this is the audio from a video, and the video shows a man walking through an office and disappearing into a cupboard.
1: This is Sid. He has little useful sight, making it tricky to navigate his office. Here you can see him walking straight into the cleaners' cupboard. Not because of his sight loss, by the way. He's just been tipped off as to the
3: whereabouts of the secret biscuit stash. Mm.
1: See the person, not the sight loss. RNIB. See differently.
0: There are a whole load of videos out there on the RNIB YouTube channel and you probably see them on TV and there's a poster campaign and billboards all over the place too. And this rebrand is part of RNIB's birthday celebrations. Yes, it is. RNIB
1: is celebrating its 150th birthday on the 16th of October and would love for organisations and individuals who have worked with them to help them celebrate on social media so you can get involved using the hashtag RNIB150 And RNIB will throughout October be posting content celebrating their history
0: and please do get involved and join them in doing so. And remember if you're posting pictures to add those picture descriptions to ensure that social media posts are accessible to all. You can find out more at rnib.org.uk and on Twitter at RNIB. In the middle of September we went to a reception at the Scottish Parliament to celebrate the work of Deafblind Scotland. The evening started off with a wonderfully noisy performance by DBS's Taiko Tribe Drummers, which is what you can just hear fading away in the background there. As well as hearing from DBS staff and volunteers, a young man with Usher Syndrome, Ryan, told his inspirational story of his experiences living with limited sight and sound, and how he is about to start a new job as a trainee to support other people grow in confidence. We wish Ryan all the very best. Attendees were invited to try some everyday experiences
1: with simulation spectacles or sim specs and headphones to mimic the experience of deafblind people. And we have a short video of Stuart McMillan, MSP, the convener of the Cross Party Group on Visual Impairment, taking part in these tasks, things like trying to put toothpaste on a toothbrush. And also that evening, there was a reading of a fantastic poem written especially for Deafblind Scotland by the macher, Jackie Kay. It was a truly
0: moving and inspiring night. And I'm pretty sure that that poem is up on the DeafBlind Scotland Twitter. We'll find that and post that up again because it is definitely worth checking out. It was brilliant. Now, there were loads of events at the Scottish Parliament this month, actually. Now that recess was over, it's all systems go. And on the 10th of September, the Scottish Parliament hosted the Sound of Vision. This was an event led by a young Glasgow man named Stephen Sutherland, presenting the results of his project training young people with sight loss in public speaking skills. Stephen's
1: own sight was damaged after a stroke at the age of six months. He was inspired by an exchange exchange trip to the USA last year, and he developed the Sound of Vision project in partnership with trainers from the Glasgow Speakers Club. This provided bespoke training for young people with vision impairments to increase their confidence and public speaking
0: skills. And we were delighted to help Stephen process the footage from that event. And now the full event can be viewed on the Scoby YouTube channel and here's just a short audio taster of that event.
8: Good morning everyone. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ken McIntosh, and I'm the presiding officer here at the Scottish Parliament. And it's a, a real pleasure for me to invite you all, to welcome you all here, I should say, to this. This is the members' room here at Holyrood to the finale of the Sound of Vision event. And I'd like to offer a particularly warm welcome to our four speakers. And can I now invite Stephen Sutherland to make his way to the lectern? Stephen. <laughs>
6: Good morning, presiding officer. Thank you for opening this event and thank you for that very kind introduction. Good morning, everybody. Wow. (laughs) What a fantastic turnout we have for this event. Uh, It's great to see so many people supporting our young speakers here today. Although standing here, I actually can't see any of you, (laughs) which I suppose is a good thing. The purpose of this event, ladies and gentlemen, is to give the young speakers the opportunity to present to you a speech that they've been working on for the past few months under the guidance of the Glasgow Speakers Club. Every speech that you're about to hear has a topic that's important to the young person and it will be related to sight loss.
5: Good morning, presiding Officer, ladies, gentlemen and guide dogs. (laughs) Today, I'd like to speak to you about my journey into cycling. But before I begin, I'd like to answer some frequently asked questions that I get. So firstly, people probably are sitting here looking at me and looking at the guide dog thinking, how on earth can she cycle a bike? Well, the answer is I ride on a tandem. So then the next question that I get when I tell people this is, oh, right, so where do you sit? Do you sit on the front or do you sit on the back? (laughs) I'm not even going to answer that one. (laughs) So next I get... So the person on the front, what's wrong with them? (laughs) Well, no, there's nothing wrong with them. And do they pedal or do they just steer the bike? No. So now I've got this cleared up, I'd like to start my talk.
1: SCOVI has now signed up to Easy Fundraising.
5: But what does this mean?
1: Well, it means that you can help us raise money for Scovy without having to give us any money. Easy fundraising works with hundreds of online shopping sites and major high street names and by activating it when you are shopping online, it will give a small donation to SCOVI each time you shop, usually between one and three percent of your total uh, shopping
0: bill. Once you've registered with Easy Fundraising, it's a fairly straightforward process to just click a button and make sure that donations are switched on anytime you visit a partner website. And this works on sites like John Lewis, Sainsbury's and travel sites like the Trainline, Expedia and many airlines. You can add Easy Fundraiser to your internet browser and it will let you know when you're on a site which is signed up. All you have to do is go to
1: easyfundraising.org.uk register for an account and select SCOVY as your cause. You are then given details on how to activate the browser add-on, or you can just go directly to online shopping sites via the easy fundraising website. The first time you use the, the first time you use the add-on, it will take you to a verification page. But after that, it's fairly unobtrusive and a
0: fairly easy process. We are, of course, also signed up to Amazon Smile, which means that whenever you're shopping with Amazon, you can also help raise funds for Scovie by shopping via the URL smile.amazon.co.uk and selecting Scovy as your cause. So do make sure if you're on Amazon, use the smile.amazon.co.uk rather than just the standard website and you'll be helping us raise funds. You're listening to the Scovie podcast and just to remind you of where you can follow Scovie, we're on Facebook and you can find us at facebook.com slash Scovie News and we're on Twitter at Scovie Tweet and you can sign up to our mailing list on our website scovie.org.uk that's S-C-O-V-I
1: As you can tell from this month's podcast, we do like a good SCOBY adventure. So if you have anything going on in your neck of the woods that you'd like to invite us along to, and that you think might make an interesting feature for a future podcast, please do get in touch via
0: info at scovy.org.uk. That's all that we have time for on this edition of the Scovie podcast. Just one last thing before we say goodbye. You can download the Scovie podcast. We've had numerous people asking how to do this. And if you go to soundcloud.com slash every single episode of the Scovie podcast should be available to download. You can also find us through many podcasting apps like the Apple podcast app just by searching for Scovie podcast and you can subscribe to us there so thank you for listening do share this and sign up to our mailing list at scovy.org.uk. and until the next time from me carolyn scott and from me maggie chapman goodbye cheerio